0: You're listening to Design to Lead, a podcast where you get to hear the experiences, both the successes and the failures, of two pastors who want to continue to grow in church leadership. Through this journey, we want to share what we're learning along the way. So if you're involved or interested in ministry, this podcast is for you. This is Design to Lead.
1: Well, welcome to the Design to Lead podcast. I'm Reed Terry, along with my good buddy Casey Johnson. How you doing, Casey?
0: Doing wonderful, man. Yeah. How about yourself?
1: Oh man, I'm good. It's football season again. How's that going?
0: Well, <laughs> it's going pretty good for Arkansas. It's a little right. shaky for the LSU Tigers right now, but right for we'll us LSU
1: fans, yeah. it's it's off to a kind of rough start.
0: Yeah, we'll but see what happens this week.
1: This will be the uh, this will be the year my Arkansas friends up here give me grief yeah. all season long.
0: They're gonna love every week this but this year. They are. Yeah.
1: They are. They're doing they're doing good. Well, it's good to have you back up here in Lone Oak uh, yep. for the second edition or the second episode of our Design to Lead podcast. And today we're talking about vision, visionary mm-hmm. leadership. Uh, um, we want to talk about that, but let me ask you this before we even really jump in and dive in deep. Do you even like
0: that term, vision? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind the term. Um, I mean, I use the term. I, I preach about the term, so I don't really mind it. I, I think you could possibly... You know, look at it from a few other perspectives, maybe um, kind of change the definition of it a little bit or change the wording of it a little bit to maybe, I use this word too, forward thinking, right. uh, forward looking. Uh, we mentioned that last time in the podcast that we want to uh, kind of think forward. And so I, I think that's kind of what vision is, um, that you just kind of look out into the future and see what you would like to become and, uh, and then just kind of go for it. You know, right. So I don't mind the term
1: yeah I think it's a good term. i think I think it can be misconstrued sometimes sure. and it scares people away so let's let's get a definition let's let our people know what exactly we're talking about when we talk about vision. What do you how do you define that
0: <clears throat> well i would uh I would definitely say that it's uh, leading with the end in mind. Um, I think vision would be a preferred reality. Um, A lot of times whenever I teach on vision uh, in some of the classes that we do in church revitalization, I'll draw like a, uh, if you could just kind of picture this in your mind, I'll draw a stairwell. And at the top of the stairwell, there's a door. And when you open that door, that's the vision. That's the preferred reality. That's where you want to be. At the bottom of that stairwell is uh, your current reality. So it's where you are now. And then, of course, the steps is the mission of how we're going to get to that preferred reality, and then, if you could kind of envision in your mind the um, two befores that hold up the stairwell, that would be what I would consider to be core values, those things that everything hinges upon so to me, that preferred reality of where we 're trying to go and trying to get to that that would be vision
1: right now yeah. we're going to unpack all of those things Correct. over the next several months yeah. we're talking about vision today, we will talk about. The mission we will talk about the steps that need to be taken we 'll right. even talk about core values. Yeah. And we may touch on some of those today and along the way, but I wanted everyone to know we will spend some more time on each one of those in the yeah. months ahead so when a leader When a leader is going to lead their church, their class, their ministry, whatever it is that they uh, that they 're leading. Mm-hmm. They must begin with the end in mind. That's right. That's really what vision's all about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you got to be going somewhere. Right. I mean, you know, we, we, we talked about last time of um, being a continued learner. And I think as a leader, you have to have a continued vision. You've you got to be looking forward to something. If you're not, you're just going to stay in a rut, and stay exactly where you are. And so, I mean, if you're not casting a vision before your people and letting them know that you're trying to go somewhere... And everybody's just going to be just sitting around doing nothing. nothing. You know, you're going to be um, you're going to be leading people somewhere, but going nowhere. Right. And that's that sounds crazy, but that's exactly what'll happen. And and I think about this often um, when I think about vision. Uh, of course, you know, I'll run back to you know the Proverbs passage of Scripture. We were talking about that previously before the show. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where it says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." Or some translations say, well, there's no revelation. The people cast off restraint. Um, And to me, that passage of Scripture, uh, when you break it down from a theological perspective, obviously, here's what we know. We know that that's talking about uh, getting a word from God. The revelation comes from, it's a word from God. So when we get a word from God, then we can move in that direction, But if we're not getting a word from God, then the Bible says the people are going to cast off restraints. In other words, they're just going to be going anywhere and everywhere to their own destruction. Well, if we apply that practically to leadership, then you and I have to cast some sort of vision toward the people. Because if if we don't, they're just going to be wandering around aimlessly and not, not going anywhere. You know, so it's important to cast vision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, how big does the vision need to be? Because reading Mm -hmm. some things as we prepared for this for this show today, uh, one of the one of the people that I read after said, "Well, a vision ought to be a a dream, just Mm -hmm. something so far out that you can't possibly even think you could ever achieve it." Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a it's a faith dream, this huge dream that's God sized and. Unless God does something miraculous, it's never going to happen. Others say no; it needs to be a smaller, smaller in, in scale. Mm-hmm. That is something you can you can picture in your mind achieving, and even have the strategy to get there. And that's a vision. So, right. how how big should our vision be?
0: Well, I I think as far as a dream and the vision that. I think they're different, but they're also the same. I think both of those are important. I think you need to have something that's so big, you know, that is big enough to where, okay, this is a God-sized dream or God-sized vision. But at the same time, I think if you have that to where it's so seemingly unachievable, then everybody feels like they just can't make it there. So, So they don't do anything. So that's why I think you can have that, but I also think that you need to have a vision in place that seems to be attainable to people something that they can work toward. I know guys that'll do like a 5-year vision, a 10-year vision and then a an extremely long-term vision. So I definitely think that's helpful because it gives people something to shoot for. Right. Um if you just cast a dream so big that like you don't have anything to do with it, it's only God. Yeah. Then most of the time you can't challenge your people because they can't do anything to achieve it anyway. It's a God thing. And so they're just sitting around going, Well, let's just wait on God to make it happen. Right. And and that's too big. Yeah. You know, to me it is anyway.
1: Yeah. Several years ago I dove into the Dave Ramsey financial
0: mm-hmm.
1: financial piece, and we were trying to make some decisions as a family and get out of debt and things of that nature. And one of the things, principles I learned from him was it 's those small victories along right. the way that keep you motivated to go to the end, so for us, in that setting, for our family the the dream, the vision was to be completely debt free, right, everything paid for when we began that that had to be a god sized dream. It right. looked like there's no way we 're going to get there, yeah. but it 's one step at a time right. and so the dream was, hey let 's pay this off let's do th-. I think that translates in our churches as well, right there may be that far reaching huge idea that we say man this would be exactly what god would have for our church right but you have to put the steps in place and that's vision as well to yeah. know where we're trying to attain and you're always pushing people to that
0: end sure i i agree 100 i and i can walk back to uh just something that happened to us just a few years ago at our church the church where i pastor bonita Road Baptist church um we 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 had a vision of growing um i and I'm and I'm a big believer in I now I'm not a a numbers worshipper, you know, right. but I am a big believer that whenever I cast a vision toward people that that numbers are going to be a part of that because that helps me practically shoot for something. Sure. And so we we just kind of set forth a vision of reaching 1000 people in our area in our community. And so uh, as we began to uh do that and as we began to put some things in place, God began to bless And so we had this vision along with that to have a new sanctuary. Um, So as God began to bless, God began to move. That was part of our vision. We weren't there yet. That was a big vision. But here's what we did. We started taking practical steps every week, you know, every year to get that done. And slowly but surely, we ended up reaching more people, reaching more people. So then the next step for us, because we'd gotten crowded in our sanctuary, the next step was to go to multiple services. All right, so we changed from one service to multiple services, and then from the multiple services, we went into a building program, and then we ended up building the sanctuary that we have right now. And, of course, I've got a vision also of doing two services in that new sanctuary. So we're just taking slow steps toward that big vision. And so, I mean, you know, I just think you have to have the big dream, the big vision, but you also have to have something a little bit smaller, too, that you can reach for and accomplish, you know, to get your people moving.
1: Right. Yeah. So knowing that we, we need vision, it's important for leaders to have that. I don't think you're leading if you don't have a vision. Right. If you're if you're not heading anywhere, as you right. said earlier, you're just wandering. Yeah. And there's no real leadership at all. So we know leaders need to have a vision. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to capture a vision right. and cast a vision. Right. So those are the two things I want us to talk a little bit about today are the are the capturing vision and the casting vision. Mm-hmm. So how do we go about as leaders, whether they're pastors that may be listening or, or small group leaders that may be listening? How do you go about capturing a vision for your ministry?
0: Right. Well, I, I think. Well, well, let me say this first. Let me just throw a quote out here by Helen Keller. Uh, all right, for for you know, if anybody doesn't know Helen Keller, <laughs> right. she was blind. And uh, she made this statement. huh?
1: And deaf. Yeah,
0: that's right. And she made this statement. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight and no vision. Wow. So, I mean, you think of that from a leadership perspective, you know, to be able to see but have no vision to lead somebody anywhere. So it's important that the leader catch a vision. And I want to make sure I preface this as well because I don't want people to think something uh, that we don't believe. We talk a lot about strategy. We talk a lot about leadership and how that's done. That is not in any way to minimize the preaching of the Word of God. That is first and foremost what we are called to do as pastors. But the Bible calls us overseers for a reason. So we are overseeing a flock of people or a group of people, and we are trying to lead them to where God wants us to go. And in doing so, we have to catch a vision where God wants us to go. Now, we know ultimately that division is really for the church. It's kind of twofold. Um, on a corporate level, it is for us to be disciple makers, uh, to go out and win the world to Jesus. All right? That's just kind of the big concept and idea of the Great Commission. But also on a personal level, uh, it's our sanctification. It's for us to look more like Jesus every day. So we know that's part of it, Right? Um, But at the same time, there is another part of it, too, to where practically we have to set some things in motion. And I believe that we catch a vision from God's word. I think that's where it all starts. We catch a vision from God's word, which means that leader or that shepherd, that overseer who is leading that flock of people, he has to have his face in the word of God. He has to have his heart in the word of God so that God can speak to him about where he wants that church to go, how he wants that church to get to where he wants to go. And then when he gets that, then I believe that God begins to birth inside of him, inside of his heart, how he's going to move his church to that particular place. So I think catching the vision doesn't necessarily start with innovative ideas or innovative thinking, though that will be a part of it as it begins to flesh itself out. But it starts with the word of God and the man of God getting along and God speaking to him from the Word about where they need to go.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's, good. that's what I think. You know, I'm one of these guys that's not not super creative, yeah. not super. Um, I can't see things a lot of times mm-hmm. before they're in, in reality, especially building a home, building a, a right. building. Some guys, they can see it, yeah. you know, and they right. can see how it's going to be laid out. They got they have that picture in their mind before they ever start building. Yeah, That's not my personality. Yeah. I can't look at a piece of property and think what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can someone like me that maybe struggles with creativity sure. be a visionary leader?
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, I, again, I think it all starts with the word of God, but, but secondly, I think one of the things that a person can do who's not real creative is surround themselves with some people who are creative. Does that make sense? And when you, and when you know, all right, God's given me this burden, God's given me this vision from the word, you surround yourself with a team that can help you flesh that out and what that looks like. I mean, my, my son, he is extremely creative. I'm I'm fairly creative, but he is really creative, right. and so when we do, uh, we have a little hunting show that we do on YouTube, and, and because we love we love hunting, and so when we do that, he's always trying to tell me, Dad, you got to think about uh, the end before you ever start your recording when you're in your tree and you're videoing yourself. You got to think about the bigger picture, and sometimes I have a hard time doing right. that when it comes to our our hunting show or whatever. And so I I think as a leader, when you're trying to cast that vision. If you have a hard time thinking about that big picture and figuring out how to get there, the best thing you can do is surround yourself with some people who can and who, who are gifted in that particular area. Right. God will give you that vision. You can unfold that before them, and they can help you figure out what all that looks like and how that fleshes out. Right. So I think that's one thing you can do.
1: And this is wonderful because it really builds on what we talked about last time. And Mm -hmm. if those that are listening didn't catch the first podcast, stop here, go back, listen to that. Right. Listen to that about being a learner, being teachable, Mm -hmm. um, because you can help. The the formation of vision can Mm -hmm. be helped by others around you. Um, Sometimes their context may be different, and so things don't translate one for one. Right. But it does get the creative juices flowing and you sure. begin to think we do this just you and I and right. some other friends that we have as we talk about things sure. you're doing in and, and your church in Bastrop and things that we're doing here in Lone Oak, they right. may not translate. Sure. But it does help us to think, hey, this is a way we can accomplish yeah. what we want what we think God's leading us to accomplish.
0: Yeah, when you when you get several ideas, people with different ideas coming together and you start brainstorming all of that I mean you may you may not even do the thing that we're doing at our church or whatever but from you hearing me talk about that then boom God bursts an idea in you right you know I mean I just last time I came here yes you know I saw some of the little cards and things like that that y'all had here And it was creative to me, and so I I I grabbed some. I was like, let me have a couple of them, you know. So I brought it back and showed it to our team, and I was like, hey man, look at this, you know. And so my son, being one of them, he looked at that and said, oh, I love that. So he's already in the process of doing some of that stuff. And it's just from seeing other people's ideas, God kind of puts some stuff into you of how you can develop that, or how you can use that, or maybe even give you a new idea just from listening to somebody else. So I definitely think it's. It's worthwhile to talk to other people about it. Surround yourself with some other people that may be creative, um, and you never know what comes from that. But right. but all of that is valuable, I think, right? For sure.
1: So we capture vision as we're in God's word, mm-hmm. as we're praying and seeking His will for us as individuals right. and for the ministry that we're that we're leading. Yeah. I think the second thing I guess we need to really talk about is if, as we develop vision for our ministry there has to be evaluation of where we currently are. Right. You mentioned earlier that vision is the preferred reality, right. and at the bottom of the staircase is the current, current reality. reality. So yeah. talk a little bit to us about how to evaluate where we are and yeah. know, know then where we're headed.
0: Well, I, I think that, uh, first of all, <laughs> if you're going to uh, kind of look into the idea of the current reality, then the first thing you're going to have to do is make sure you're humble enough to admit the current reality.
1: Yeah, you have With, to be honest about you where you are. You have to
0: be honest. I sure. mean, I say stuff like this all the time. Without honesty, without revival, you know. But without honesty, without uh, being able to cast that vision and understand where you really are. So I I think that's first. You have to humble yourself enough to admit where you are. Listen, if your church is not doing good, you need to be able to say, it's not doing good. We've got to get to a different place. And so some of the things that you can do um, in figuring that out is, obviously, you can look at your numbers. You can compare those numbers to maybe days in the past. Uh, Maybe you had— uh, maybe your church was larger in the past. You can go back and and kind of investigate what, what was going on then that isn't going on now that helped the church grow. So maybe you could do that. Another thing that you can do is um, get some numbers, some strategic numbers uh, on the population in your area. And, and your local association or your state convention can help you with this. They can give you a charts after chart. That tell you about the age dynamics, the structure of your community and all that. So you can see all of that stuff. And then you can take a look at that and determine what the greatest needs are in your community and then look at your church and say, are we meeting those needs? Maybe the reason our church is in the situation it's in now is because we've got a whole world around us that needs us, but we're not meeting those needs. And so therefore we're failing in that area. And when you just start honing in on those sorts of things, it opens up just a world of possibilities of how you can become better as a church. And therefore help you cast a vision on what you want to be. Yeah. You know? I heard a church planner
1: say it, say it this way. He said, if you'll look at your community, look at your city, because yeah. we believe that as pastors, we're not just called to this church. Right. We're called to our area. We're That's called right. to our city, our community. Yeah. He said, if you'll begin to look at your community this way, where is the church not?
0: Right. Ooh, that's a good. And then
1: how can you how can you penetrate oh, yeah, that that's place? That's a that was a really good way to. I'm write that down.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: that's right. Church planners, they yeah, are useful. Right. Right? They yeah, that's right.
0: absolutely. So, yeah. capturing
1: vision begins with this seeking God, mm-hmm. hearing from God mm-hmm. from His Word. Yeah. The vision really is what the mission looks like when our people begin to live that out. Right. So once we capture that vision. Mm-hmm. How then do we get the vision out of our head, our heart as the leader Mm -hmm. into the head and heart of our people? How do we cast
0: vision? Well, the first thing I think is important is be very significant in the fact that the leader has to be sold on the vision. That's Mm -hmm. the first thing. He has to be passionate about it. And if he's passionate about it, then it's going to come out. At some point in time, it's coming out. You, 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 you. One thing you can do is develop a team around you, whether that's your staff or another team that you have around you, um, and you begin to share that vision with them. You begin to let them know here 's what god 's put in my heart, where He wants us to go, and as you begin to share that with them, what happens is now it 's not just one guy sharing the vision you got five six, seven guys that are share or girls right. that are sharing the vision with people that they have influence in as well, so that I think it starts with developing a good team. To help share that vision with the rest of the church. Yeah. All right. So,
1: so let, me, let me, let's put a pin there for just a second. I want right. to back up and ask you.
0: I hope I don't lose my train of thought. I hope
1: you don't either. <laughs> Barn Research says only 2% of pastors can state clearly right. their vision for the church. Right. So before we can even share that with our, our co leaders, mm-hmm. those key people in our ministries that can help us cast vision. Mm-hmm. The leader has to be able to clearly, concisely, and okay. compellingly right. share that vision with yep. others. Why do you think so many leaders struggle with even being able to, to state the vision they have? Is it because they don't have vision, or is it because because there's something else at play here
0: well if my honest opinion is that I think that most of them just don 't have a vision I, re- I really do believe that most pastors and this is not to belittle pastors I mean there are brothers in Christ I'm not doing that at all but but I think that most pastors just say i I'm, I'm preparing messages. I'm preaching the Word of God, and that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm called to do, and that's all I'm going to do other than visit visit my flock. And I really do believe that the majority of pastors, that's where they are, uh, just at that particular place. I think that they forget that it's more than that, which is one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is right. because we want them to understand that there's more to that that there's leadership that is involved in moving your people from where they are to where they need to be. So that's, now that's just my opinion, but I believe that's where most pastors are. Right. I, I don't think they have articulated it because they don't think about it. I, I think, think they that. just think the word of God is enough, it's power, and it moves people from where they are to where they need to be. Right. And listen, the word of God is power. The word of God is enough. But at the same time, God has called us and gifted us. That's why he gifts people. He's gifted us to be able to use those gifts to get people from where they are to where they need to be, from that current reality to the preferred reality.
1: That is the call of a leader. That is
0: what we're called to do. Exactly, exactly. And again, I run back to that idea of overseer. You know, an overseer is more than just someone who's preaching. He's overseer. I mean, he's guarding the flock against false doctrine. You know, he's, he's guarding against the dangers of the world. He's teaching them. He's leading them. He's feeding them. It's a lot of things involved in that. So, yeah. But I think guys just miss it. They, yes. they don't think that, that way.
1: Right. You know? So if you capture a vision and you get passionate about it, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to overflow sure. into sharing that with other people. Right. Now, how important is, we, we said, a vision needs to be a clear, mm-hmm. and you'd be able to communicate it clearly, Concisely mm-hmm. and in a compelling way that right. that people get as passionate about the vision as you are. Right? How do we do that? Do you yeah. think it has to be one of those short statements that we can put on a T-shirt, or is that important?
0: Well, I, I'm I don't I don't I'm not going to say that it's necessary as far as having a short statement. You know, that's something everybody can remember. You know, like a coffee cup statement or a right. T-shirt slogan statement. Right. I'm, I'm not going to say that. that's necessary. I do think it's nice. Because it helps people remember. But at the same time, a vision can be a little bit more complex than that to where it could have many parts. So I think that you can also have not just a short statement, but you can have um, a vision that is maybe bullet pointed out in certain areas to where people can look at it and see a concise vision for an area of ministry maybe in the church that's underneath the overall vision of the church. And so I don't think it has to be real... A brief statement. It can be paragraphs. It can be a couple pages or whatever. But it's something that's easy for the people to understand of where they're going.
1: Right? Does it make any it sense? Does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I felt like I was talking in circles there, but no, yeah. I get
1: it. Yeah, exactly. And and passing that on to our leaders, who then our leaders who are who are doing ministry with us, right. getting them passionate about that vision. Once they when they see that, right. The, it really begins to take off. Let me tell you this story from last night. Yeah. So one of our one of our visions here is to disciple the entire city of Lone Oak, right. uh, to have them in groups that are discipling them to be like Christ. Yeah. So we began this process a few years ago with just four four men, and I began to share with them how quickly we could—if you just looked at the numbers—how quickly we could— theoretically, have the entire city of Lone Oak being discipled with the gospel. Yeah. So this is our third year. So first year it was four guys. Last year we had about 15 to 18 in them. This year we've got about 60 or so that are being discipled. So it's beginning to multiply. One of the leaders that was in that first year, he said, I remember he told me this last night at church. He said, I remember you were talking about how you wanted there to be groups meeting every day, all throughout the day, just coming and going, groups of people meeting yeah. according to their schedules. He said, my group meets at 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning. When we were leaving, two more groups were coming in to meet at 7 oh, wow. a.m. And he oh, wow. he caught it. He saw the vision <laughs> yeah. beginning to, to play out, and he was excited. Yeah. And he was excited to tell people. That's how you pass vision on.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you, when you start – earlier we said start with that team approach – So you got multiple people that are catching that vision, and then it spreads from there with the people that are in their area of influence. And so instead of just being that one person, you got multiple people. And basically what he's doing is he's celebrating a victory, which is what vision helps you do. If you have a vision of knowing what you're wanting to accomplish, when it starts to happen— that gives you cause to celebrate, right? And that just fires you up even more to where you start telling even more people yes. about it than what you have previously, right. and that's a prime example of that. Yeah, that's and that's right. how it builds and grows, man. When vision starts, it's it's the wow.
1: Yeah. Can you can you even imagine us getting this done? Can you imagine yeah. God doing this in right. our church or in our ministry? Yeah. And then the how you put that in there as well. Here's how we're going to get. And when they begin to see the how is leading us to the wow, it, right the excitement yeah absolutely it just takes off yeah
0: it's 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 uh it's a game changer because it it spreads like wildfire you know I mean right. it just yeah it's amazing how it works when you start implementing it but most guys going back to that two percent most guys they're not even thinking about that man right and, and I'm not you know, I, and I know some of these guys are probably overworked and underpaid and all that. And it's just, it's hard for, I mean, you and I are full-time pastors. So, I mean, I know it's a lot easier for us to be sitting around thinking about this stuff and putting it together, uh, than a lot of guys who may be part-time or whatever, but it's still, ne- it's a necessity. Right. It's important, yeah. you know? So if a pastor
1: doesn't, doesn't have, they've not captured vision, so they're not mm-hmm. casting vision. What is it what are some signs or what are some things that it might look like in the church? I know we talked about just kind of wandering around, people not mm-hmm. really know where they're going. Yeah. What are some other uh, hindrances or some other things that might happen as a result of a leader not leading with
0: vision? Right. Well, I think one of them uh, would be decline. Yes. You know, I mean, if there's no, no vision, then people aren't going anywhere, people are not motivated to get to where they're trying to go because they've not been told where they need to go or where we're trying to go, and so therefore there's no excitement, there's no enthusiasm. And so what happens is slowly but surely you see a decline. Right. Um, I also think, think that you see a um, reduction of leadership um, because if there is no vision and there's no people leading forward, uh, that means you're not raising up other leaders, and so therefore you end up having a hard time finding people to even lead the folks that you have there. Right. So everything just goes in a decline if there is no vision to me. In, in in every area of ministry, whether it's youth, whether it's children or adults, whatever it is, you just see a slow decline, yeah. which leads to death. Sure. That's why we see so many churches closing in America, right. because it's just a lack of vision, slowly but surely declining, yeah. and it's uh, sad, but without, it happens.
1: Without leadership, without leadership leading from vision, mm-hmm. pastors who are just preaching— and. Yep. Preaching God-centered, Christ-centered messages; right. those those messages though become fifty-two consecutive disconnected right. services right. weeks, and there's yep. no path that people are are following, and right. that's what you're talking about. That leads to frustration.
0: Yeah, sure it does. People get yeah.
1: frustrated about it. they don't know where they're going. Yeah, but also for the leader, I, I heard this this quote earlier this week that when there's no vision, opportunities. Opportunities come all the time. When mm-hmm. there's no vision, um, distractions are disguised as opportunities. That mm-hmm. was a good, statement. That is Disstra- a good statement. Distractions are disguised as opportunities. Mm-hmm. So vision helps us stay on the path.
0: Right. It helps yeah. us
1: know. And you said yeah. this last time to your church. We're not looking just for the good thing.
0: The God idea. Yeah, the God That's thing. right, yeah. one, one th- And I actually wrote down some things here that vision does for us that that links right into what you're, you were talking about here. <clears throat> vision creates direction. It creates momentum. It creates teamwork. It promotes celebration. But the one thing that I wanted to mention that you just touched on was the vision, having a vision gives you the permission to say no. Yes. When you know where you're trying to go, you got all these distractions that turn into opportunities. Vision gives you the opportunity to say no. This may be good, or this isn't good, or this doesn't help us accomplish the vision, so we're saying no to this. See, because a lot of people are going to come to you with 100 different ideas, but if it doesn't help you faithfully fulfill the vision, then you have liberty to say no, and you can use the vision as your excuse for saying no. Yes. And I don't mean to make an excuse. I mean, just because it distracts you from what you're trying to do. Right. So that's one great thing about vision, that it helps you say no when you need to say no so that you don't get distracted as something that's disguising itself as an opportunity. Yeah, that's you know? good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And another thing about um, vision and a lack of vision in the church, say the leader or the pastor, he doesn't have a vision for the church. Let's just say somebody else comes along in the church who is a strong leader or whatever. Well, before you know it, they'll be leading. And the leader will be caught off guard, left behind, or he'll be frustrated because what's happened is he's not leading and he's not casting a vision and leading toward that vision. Well, somebody else will feel that leadership void. And so a lot of times that leads to a struggle within the body of Christ. And so that's why it's important for that leader to have that vision and lead toward it right if you don't somebody else will somebody will yeah, yeah.
1: so vision is so important this forward mm-hmm. thinking this idea of visionary leadership is so important for pastors and ministry leaders to have we we capture that vision from uh, our time with the Lord mm-hmm. our honest evaluation of where we are and where God's leading us to be in the context in which he's called us to serve. We cast that vision um, in small ways with leaders that are around us so that it multiplies. We, uh, we do that compellingly. We do that convincingly. We continually put that in front of our people. We constantly are reminding them of what the vision for our ministry is. Guys that may be listening To our podcast today, and as we're getting toward the end of it, maybe they're convinced that this is something missing, that they want to get along with the Lord and capture this vision and begin to cast vision. What do they need to do this month, Casey? What can they do in the next several weeks to help them begin to move along in the process of capturing and casting
0: vision. Yeah. Well, I, I would definitely say the first thing, and this may sound super spiritual, but, but, but it is the answer. You know, the first thing they do is they need to get along with the Lord in the word. Right. And they need to specifically pray, God, help me get a word from your word about the direction of our church, the direction of our ministries. Um, So that would be one thing that they need to start doing. And the second thing that I think that they would need to do is to do that work um, from the associational perspective or the convention perspective of getting those charts of your community. Get, get Get the evaluation of your community so you'll know where you are. Okay, so that would be number two.
1: And that's a phone call. That's a That's phone so call. Easy. Yeah, they'll yes. they'll
0: print that up for you. Maybe a little bit of cost involved to do it, but I'm telling you, it's well worth it. Right? Because it gives you all kinds of information that you can go on. So that would be the second thing. Um, the third thing um, that I think that they would need to do is they need to um, basically do an evaluation of where they're failing and where they're succeeding. Now, listen, this takes work. You need to back up and just stop for a minute and say, let's look at this ministry. Like, let's look at our youth ministry. Has it been growing? Is it going backwards? Where are we? And that's just an honest evaluation of your church. Right. And so, man, if you, if you just start there with those three things, that's going to catapult you uh, to a place to where you're really seriously thinking about vision and what you can do to help your church get from where it's at to where it needs to be. So that, to me, that would be, you would want to start there before you try to figure out where you're even wanting to go. Let me see where I'm at. Sure. You know, and then kind of move on from there. Yeah. Those
1: are, those are good words, you know, for pastors that are so busy, you're writing, Mm -hmm. you're writing messages, you're studying messages, you are putting fires out, you're handling problems. But this work is kind of rising above the problems, looking yeah. at the horizon, looking at what's going on around you, what's yeah. happening in your community, right. and the context in where your ministry is, what's happening with your people, what are they going through, where are you at as a church, how are you meeting needs, right. how are you ministering, and really taking all of that into account so that then you can begin to say, okay, here's where we are. Right. But we're missing it in this area or that area. How right. can we get there? And that begins to put that vision in place. Sure,
0: absolutely. I, and I and I think that uh, obviously another thing you you could do, you know, begin to read some books about vision and, and you know, things of that nature. Um, that's always helpful. Talk to some other guys who are doing this and are experienced in it. Um, that's always helpful as well just to kind of give you some new ideas, some fresh ideas. Um, I I think it's important for us to remember, um, that if we don't have vision, right, then the people aren't going to know if they're getting to where they're going. Right. right. The only way they're going to know is if you set the vision and then when they get there, they'll go, we made it. Well, then you can move the goalpost as you will. And you can, you know, set another vision or uh, expand that vision, I guess. But it's just a lot of things practically that you can do. Throughout the course of the month, but it just takes a little bit of work on your part. You know, you got to slow down long enough to do it. Yeah. So.
1: And what, what we said earlier at the very beginning, I think is a good way to end. You have to look at the end Mm -hmm. instead of giving the reasons for not beginning. Right. It's oh, yeah. easy That's to good. say this is yeah. why I can't do that. Right. This is why I can't start that. I'm too busy. But you've got to look at the end goal. If That's you right. want to get past the frustrations and get past all those things, those negative things that we mentioned earlier, you've got to think, okay, I, these reasons for not beginning are not good enough. Right. I've got to see the end in, in mind and God's taking yeah. us to a to a yeah. preferred future.
0: That's right. And it's not like God doesn't want you to get there. Right. He does. You know, it's just, okay, what do I got to do to get to where God wants me to be? Yeah. And you just got to take time to do it. Yeah.
1: Pastoring's yep. a great calling.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's the highest lot, calling. It
1: is a lot of work. Yep, but God's called us to do, do very that much work. so it's joyful. That's right. It's
0: it's a burden, but it's joyful.
1: uh, (laughs) Anything we left out? Casey, any last word you want to say to our listeners? I
0: I just hope we're doing justice to people that are listening to the podcast and being an encouragement to them. This is certainly not everything on vision. um, And some other guys may have a different perspective of vision. That's fine. This is just our perspective of the vision um, and how you can move your church from where they are to where they need to be. We've seen it work we're doing it, we're experiencing it, right. we're, we've succeeded in some of it, and we failed in some of it. So this is just our thoughts and our perspective, and hope it help somebody.
1: Yeah, if it helps yeah. you, listen to the podcast. We're uh, YouTube, Designed to Lead. You can go watch the video there. Yeah. You can listen to the podcast wherever you hear podcasts, but we'd love for you to subscribe, like, comment, share, let people know so that more and more people can be helped by what we've learned and what God's been showing us through the years.
0: That's right. We've got a vision of a million followers by tomorrow. So get out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Have at it, Casey. Thanks for being here. Thanks yeah, for sharing your your thoughts today. And yep. God bless everybody.
0: Amen.